0: This is Purple Radio On Demand. This is Purple Radio. Purple Radio. And that was She's a Rainbow by The Rolling Stones. You're listening to Izzle's Shizzle. Welcome to the show. And She's a Rainbow by The Rolling Stones is a love song. Uh, it's quite different for The Stones' music at the time, but and originally it got quite a negative reception from a lot of fans however the song has managed to stand the length of time and is now very well known it's also been featuring quite a few adverts i think as well and the distinctive string section of this song was arranged by john paul jones who was doing session work two years before he joined the band led zeppelin and this was one of the first songs that the stones produced without their manager andrew oldham and they wanted to get rid of him so they kind of angered him away by going against his wishes in many aspects of this the album that this was on which is i think their satanic majesty's request i believe i could be wrong and apparently the whole recording process for this record was a complete mess and the legal ongoings at the time caused by issues to do with mick jagger and keith Richards spent that they spent time behind bars after they began recording and the whole album was a bit of a nightmare and it took the band over eight months in total to record the album, uh, along with, and along with legal issues, you had the influence of drugs on the band, creating this whole recipe for professional disaster. However, they somehow managed to kind of pull the album out of the bag, I guess, and create this incredible piece of artwork, I guess, which leads us into today's show title or show theme, which I've named after the song, which is She's a Rainbow. And I'm going to be going through a load of songs with colours in the title, kind of in the order of the colours of the rainbow. So I'll take everyone through that. And coming up, we've got music from Elton John and Hippocampus. But first, to start us off with the beginning of the rainbow, we're going to listen to a song called Dark Red by Steve Lacey. And this song apparently was influenced by kind of the idea of dark red lipstick and the fact that it's a shade that for some people can represent like a girl's confidence and a will maybe to move on that was Steve Lacey's kind of interpretation of it and he sees this as a bad sign and begs the girl to not give up on them because he sees her starting to wear red lipstick as she's moving on from him and he tries to see it from her perspective and offers the maybe she's fine and it's himself and the wrongs you'll hear in the lyrics of the song and interestingly Steve Lacey has described his own style of music as played like kind of like scottish tartan thing because he says there's so much going on but it doesn't clash and interestingly as well he records all of his music on his iphone and still manages to produce a sound like this this is dark red by steve lacy and that was dark red by steve lacy and up next we're going to move on to the next color of the rainbow yellow going through kind of like the They're like the mnemonic, uh, Richard of York gave battle in vain to remember the colours of the rainbow. And I'm kind of loosely sticking to that. So for my song for yellow, I've kind of skipped out orange as I couldn't find a song with that in it. Um, I'm going for Yellow Brick Road, or Goodbye Yellow Brick Road by Elton John. As the yellow brick road, obviously, is an image taken from the movie The Wizard of Oz. And in this movie, as many people know, Dorothy and her friends follow the Olympic road in search of the magical Wizard of Oz only to find that what they were looking for all along was already there and it was rumoured that the song was about Judy Garland who starred in the film and Elton and his songwriting partner Bernie Taupin I can't pronounce his surname as per (laughs) went to Jamaica to record the album but the studio wasn't up to the standard that they wanted so the whole project was abandoned there only with a rough version of Saturday Nights Alright actually being recorded so goodbye Ellibrick road and the rest of the album was recorded in france at strawberry studios and bernie wrote the lyrics to this as he did for most of elton john's songs and he often in most of his music seems to write about elton or kind of channeling elton through what he's saying but this one is more about himself and the lyrics are kind of giving up a life of lots of things going on and kind of glamour for one of simplicity in a rural setting and elton it kind of shows the contrast between elton and bernie because elton enjoyed a very extravagant lifestyle whereas bernie preferred to keep it a lot more low-key and interestingly there's a bit of canine imagery in the lyrics of this song and apparently bernie was um making a comment a little poke i guess at um linda who was elton john's girlfriend at the times uh to dogs which i think is quite an amusing little thing he's weaved into that and recently the version of this song that was sung by Taryn egerton 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 in the 2019 elton john musical film rocket man uh was actually used recently in the winter olympics by the american figure skater nathan chen and he used it in his free skating routine along with Taryn egerton's version of rocket man and as well as a remix of Benny and the Jets and he actually won gold for this performance um, in Beijing with the whole routine and I think you know watching the Winter Olympics has been kind of a weird one this year because the last time it happened was before COVID and so much has happened since then and you kind of blink and you think really I didn't realise that the next Winter Olympics was already here because time has gone so quickly but I just weirdly I've really enjoyed watching it I think one of the sports that surprised me in my interest in it has been the curling. Every year, I've always been a big fan of watching snowboarding and I've loved watching that, like, so much going on and, like, figure skating and, like, the drama of it. And I've always kind of seen curling as this sport where I kind of just watched them, was like, oh, they're sweeping the floor. And I was not interested in watching a sport which is sweeping the floor. However, luckily, due to some friends saying uh, you should watch it, I've kind of found this newfound appreciation for it and will apologise to anyone who's a big fan of curling for calling it floor sweeping because it's actually a very intense sport. And and as I'm sure many listeners will know, we won silver with the men's team and gold with the women's team. And it's the only sport that we've actually won medals in this Olympics, which I think is clearly a sign that we should be taking curling a bit more seriously. But I remember staying up um the other day actually thinking i was staying up to watch the men's final and i stayed up really late and i was like i'm gonna finish it such a good game and i got so tired and i was like i'm determined to finish it only for us to not win the match and come in second although it was a very good match and to find out that the match had actually aired that morning already on tv and i was watching a repeat without realizing which was slightly unfortunate outcome but back to goodbye yellow Brick road um so yeah that was used in the winter olympics and here. We will now listen to it. And that was Goodbye Yellow Brick Road by Elton John. What a great song to continue with the colours of the rainbow. Because choosing kind of the orange and yellow songs for this episode, I was kind of having this whole debate between whether I kind of stuck to the basic colours of like yellow, or I kind of went a bit rogue, maybe went for an amber or a song by an amber. But I decided, you know, let's keep it simple and stick with just the explicit colour which led me on to choosing their next song, which is Green Eyes by Arlo Parks. And anyone who's listened to Izzle Shizzle before will know I'm a big Arlo Parks fan. I think her debut album was pretty incredible, especially since it was produced in lockdown. And this song, Green Eyes, is a song about self-discovery, self-acceptance and adolescence, which was said by Arlo Parks in an interview. And apparently it's supposed to uplift and comfort those going through hard times. And in the song, Parks addresses societal attitudes towards same-sex love and her resultant discomfort with public displays of affection, which I think is quite an important message kind of disguised in this really beautiful song. So this is Green Eyes by Arlo Parks. And that was Green Eyes by Arlo Parks. And coming up a bit later on the show, we have music from Sundara Karma and Frank Ocean. But next up, we're going to listen to a song called Pale Blue Eyes by The Velvet Underground. And Pale Blue Eyes was a song written by Lou Reed and it's the fourth track from the side A of the Velvet Underground, the group's third album. And Lou Reed is quoted about this album that he said he really didn't think that they should make another White Light, White Heat, which is a previous album, and he thought there'd be like this huge mistake and he genuinely believed that, although they had to demonstrate kind of the other side of the band, otherwise they would become this kind of one dimensional thing that they wanted to avoid. So Pale Blue Eyes is kind of exhibit A of this statement he said in an interview. It's this calm, relaxing song, almost like a lullaby, I guess. Like, I sometimes listen to it when I'm trying to play my sleep playlist when I'm trying to get sleep at night. And it's a really simple, sweet love song, um, as opposed to kind of the violent lyrics and drug-soaked imagery of previous songs by them. And guitarist Sterling Morrison is often quoted as calling the album the closet mix because it sound like it sounds like it was recorded in a closet but really the mix actually you know produces songs like hellbly wise a lot of justice because it makes the song sound more private and intimate and kind of tailored to the subject matter which i think is quite a nice thing in music when you've got kind of that intimate moment between just you and a song and, like I was saying, this is on my sleep playlist. Sometimes I have quite a lot of playlists. Uh, anyone who knows me would know that I have a bit of a problem with just making them for no apparent reason, for ridiculous different reasons. I have one for sleeping, one for walking, one for walking in a happy mood, one for walking in a sad mood. And this one I put on my one of my sleep playlists, and it's just really nice kind of... not I wouldn't want to say background noise, because it would take away kind of the attention from the song, but it's just a very nice kind of calming calming peaceful song so this is pale blue eyes by the velvet underground and that was pale blue eyes by the velvet underground a band that interestingly was actually managed by andy warhol for a very brief period of time and many people will recognize that album cover with the banana on it which was done by andy warhol and interestingly after reading a bit about this band um, i found out that their first paid gig was at a high school called summit high school in america where they were paid 75 dollars and to most people, this would just be like, oh, okay, cool, interesting, random high school fact. But interestingly enough, our old next-door neighbours um, moved to America, and they moved to a place called Summit, where the like the daughter of the family goes to school. Like, I think she's in high school now. Like, I'm not sure how the... Yeah, high school, because she's year 10. And she actually goes to Summit High School. So when I was reading this up, I thought, that's such a random coincidence that she goes to school, where the Velvet Underground had their first live gig. And apparently, um, although he was a gifted percussionist, Angus MacLeese, who was the percussionist of the band, was not a very easy character to get along with or work with when the band started. And apparently, as the story goes, he would only turn up to band practice when he kind of felt inclined to, but would then make up for his lateness by playing on like a solo after the set had finished. And unsurprisingly, his stint with the Velvet Underground was very short-lived, And they finally landed playing this gig at Summer High School and he announced that they'd sold out and then just quit on the spot. And then, yeah, and then apparently McLeese kind of went off the rails a bit and no one, they just left the band. But the Velvet Underground continued to be a success. So following on from Pale Blue Eyes, for anyone who's just tuned in, we are well, I, am for this this episode, I'm going through the colours of the rainbow for the theme, following on from the Rolling Stones song, She's a Rainbow. So, following on from Blue, we're going to Indigo now, and I picked a song called Indigo Puff by a band called Sandara Karma, which actually is derived from the Sanskrit words meaning beautiful karma. And this is one of Sandara's older singles, and interestingly... When I was about 15, so this is when Sandara Karma kind of becoming a new band on the indie scene, I had a very lucky connection that one of my close friends had a family friend or another, like, a family friend with the band that was supporting Sandara Karma at this gig in Reading. And we live in South London, so we were all like, oh my gosh, like, we can get free tickets, we can go to this gig, maybe even meet the band, this would be so cool. So me, my friend, her mom. And, like, the family friend who knew the supporting band all got in the car and we drove to Reading. And this was, you know, 15-year-old me was like, this is so cool. We're going all the way to Reading to, like, for this gig, see some music in a bar. We drive all the way to Reading and we get there. And I'd never been to Reading before. This was before I'd been to Reading Festival. I might have even been 14, to be honest. I was quite young. And we showed up and we were like, this is so cool. This is a cool, like, cool bar, loads of, like indie teenagers 14 year old me was loving it i was like this is so cool and we go to the bar and the mom's like, i like guys like what do you want to drink so i'm there like i'll have an apple juice please because 14 year old me just thought that would be cool instead of getting any i could have got a lemonade a coca-cola anything it was i don't know if it was me or my friend but one of us ordered an apple juice and the bartender kind of looked up at us and kind of went oh can i see your ids and, you know, we, we didn't even think about it at the time. We'd showed up with our friend's mum. We were like, our friend's mum, no, she'll sort it, we'll get in, it'll all be good. And turned out that the gig was an over-18s gig only. And unfortunately, being family friends with these members of the supporting band is not good enough to get a pub to kind of waive the ID law. So we'd driven all the way to Reading to see this band and the support band, and we actually got kicked out of the pub age 14 which was my cool 14-year-old story that 14-year-old me ended up getting kicked out of a pub for asking for apple juice. But we got kicked out of this pub and we couldn't see Sundara Karma. And I think we ended up going and just eating Wagamama's in Reading and driving home. But that was kind of my first like key memory of Sundara Karma as a band, like not being able to see them. I did see them at later events. Um, but it kind of brings me back to that weird feeling of like when I was younger, sneaking into gigs and like, well, not sneaking in, but trying to get in without being old enough. So a lot of concerts in London were, if you were without an adult, would be 16 plus. So you had to be um, over 16 to go without an adult. And one of my favourite bands of like all time is this band called the Maccabees. And they broke up in, ooh, 20, I think 2016, 2015, 2016-ish. And I was determined I was going to go to their farewell, farewell tour, which was at Alexandra Palace or Ali Pally in London. And I brought my friend and we showed up. And i was i hadn't even thought i was 15 at the time and i hadn't even thought they were gonna ask i was like i'll just walk in with confidence and we got and it was their second last ever show that i was going to and they showed up i was ready to go in and the woman was like Kern, how old are you?" and i was like oh no this is a total nightmare so naturally what any um trusting 15 year old do was you lie to the security guard's face about your age and i was like i'm 16 i'm 16 and my friend and I was kind of used. I'd gone to into a couple of gigs before I'd done that, because I've had to see the the music obviously. <laughs> and my friend started panicking, and the woman was kind of you know you get these like tough security guards. My friend was like, oh no, and she was asking her her birthday. And my friend was clearly panicking on the spot. I was just looking at the woman, and she was like, oh, are you doing your GCSEs? Then I somehow I'm not encouraging lying at all, but somehow managed to blag my way in and convince her that I was 16. And she let us in, and luckily, you know, I got to see like my favorite band for their second ever, last like second, ever second, their penultimate show basically, which was a pretty special moment for me. And speaking of the Maccabees, so all the the members of the band kind of went their own separate ways and did their own projects, and the lead singer Orlando Weeks uh started a solo career, and that leads me into saying that he's recently released a second album uh quickening and I actually got the opportunity to interview Orlando Weeks on this album. Uh and it was really, really wonderful experience. He's such a nice guy. And if you are interested in listening to that, go onto to the Isl Shizzle Instagram and go on to the Instagram story interviews and the link will be in that and it's on Spotify. But back to Sandara Karma. This is Indigo Buff by Sandara Karma. And that was Indigo Puff by Sandara Karma. And following on from Indigo, we are now moving on to Violet. And the song I've chosen for Violet is Violet by Hippocampus. And Hippocampus is an American indie rock band from St. Paul, Minnesota. And I think they met at high school in St. Paul. And they've known each other for years. And they're signed to Grand Jury Records in the US and then Transgressive Records in the UK. And I think this song just gives a really nice warm feeling, kind of reminds you of summer, which I think we all need sometimes in winter as a bit of a... Pick me up. I think yesterday it was a bit sunny for what it was like a was it yesterday? Recently it's been it was like one clear sky and I was going outside going I cannot wait for summer. It's always just like the best time. I'm such when people say to me oh I just prefer winter mm, I just don't understand it. I'm sorry <laughs> and. It just kind of reminds you of that feeling, I think, which is nice from a song. And I think this is from one of their earlier EPs before they released their debut album. And Hippocampus have, I think, released around three albums now. And they started with kind of the upbeat indie pop and they've kind of transitioned more into a more complex sound, which has got more electronic influences in it um, and other musical influences as well, which is quite nice because you can see their growth as a band, but also... I can't lie that my first, their first EP and their first album is my favourite and this is Violet by Hippocampus and that was Violet by Hippocampus which brings us to the end of The Colours of the Rainbow that I have selected but don't worry I've picked a couple more songs so keep the show going and as we've come to the end of the rainbow I'm now gonna say some I mean, you can decide whether they're fun or not, but fun facts about rainbows! Um, so, firstly, the fun fact I found, fun fact number one, is that apparently you can see a circular rainbow from the sky. So, when you're on the ground, you can only observe like the classic semicircular rainbow, hence the word, like, bow, because it makes that kind of bow shape. But if you're flying in an aeroplane and you're looking down below, apparently you can actually see a rainbow as a complete circle. Uh, if the weather circumstances are just right, obviously. <laughs> uh, fun fact number two is that a double rainbow appears when light is reflected twice in a raindrop. So that's why when you see that kind of double, the double bow, that's why it happens. And I think this is kind of appropriate since we've just had, I think we're in the middle of two huge storms. I don't, Eunice is it they're called now? They've They've got so many different names, I can't really keep up. But it's always that nice kind of, break in the storm the calm in the storm that you have this like rainbow despite all this like destruction that's happening and fun fact number three is that apparently earth is the only planet in the solar system with rainbows so jupiter you know it has all these constant hurricanes of gas and mars has like possibly even frozen water they don't know but earth is the only planet capable of creating rainbows as far as we know due to the earth being the only planet with consistent liquid participation and direct sunlight. However, on the Saturn moon of Titan, scientists do believe that there might be liquid methane rainstorms, but the atmosphere is so hazy that it's unlikely that enough sunlight passes through the methane drops to create a rainbow. And fun fact number four is that the Greeks and the Romans believed that rainbows were a path from the gods. So in ancient times, the Greek goddess Iris. was personified by the rainbow with many works of art and actually depicting her taking the form of a rainbow. And according to Greek mythology, Iris, who is the female counterpart to the messenger god Hermes, would use her picture to scoop up water and bring it into the clouds in order to form a rainbow. And her rainbow then became a bridge between Mount Olympus, where the gods and goddesses lived, and the earth. Uh, Fun fact number five is that the longest observed rainbow lasted for nearly nine hours. Which I think is quite interesting. Nine hour rainbow. Because you think, I think in your head you think that there could be one for longer than that. Or maybe you could, I guess, artificially create one. That apparently, according to record, that the longest one recorded was naturally occurring was nine hours. And finally, no two people actually see exactly the same rainbow. Because rainbow doesn't have like. It's like an optical phenomenon and its appearance, its like shape, arc and width of its colour bands will be slightly different according to the eye of the person looking at it, which I think is quite interesting. So it's unique to you. So following on from kind of the colours of the rainbow now, I'm now just gonna pick a couple songs which have colours in the title, which I'm a big fan of. And for this, I was originally gonna do this as my orange song, but it didn't have orange in the title, so I kind of figured let's play it at the end for a different song. So Frank Ocean. Um, so, was I, Oh, no, it's going to play a Frank Ocean song for Orange because he has his album Chanel Orange, but I picked Pink and White by Frank Ocean for my next song. And in this song, Frank Ocean details the joy of kind of being in love, but he's worried that the relationship might have reached its pinnacle and he kind of suspects, as they say in the song, it's all downhill from here. And the song uses a lot of metaphorical language, which has been interpreted in a lot of different ways, but it seems to primarily the loved one in it seems to be about someone who is, has passed away and how that, that relationship is now deteriorating since they've passed and the lyrics of the track feature intimate details about their time together and there's been kind of people have thought i think that it's been about his cousin or something there's been a lot of like because it's so metaphorical there's been a lot of speculation about what the song's actually about and interestingly color plays quite a frequent part in ocean's music both both like different shades have been used by him previously on channel orange tracks you've got white and pink matter and on this song beyonce actually provides vocals on the outro but her presence is barely noticeable um spending time like spending her time harmonizing in the background but she previously linked with frank ocean for i miss you off her or album and superpower from her 2013 self-titled visual record and Pharrell Williams produced a song with Ocean's former or future colleague, Tyler the, this says Tyler the Creative, I could, it could be Tyler the Creator and I've typed it wrong because I'm reading my notes. Um, but yeah, and Pharrell's also worked on other tracks on Chanel Orange. So this is Pink and White by Frank Ocean. And that was Pink and White by Frank Ocean. And for my final song, I've chosen Golden Brown by The Stranglers, which is kind of going a bit away from the rainbow now and it's kind of gold and i don't know gold and brown either neither of those colors are in the rainbow but nevertheless both colors and this song is by the stranglers and the band spent years and years denying kind of these constant accusations that the lyrics of the song are about heroin use and trade claiming that different listeners will hear different things in the lyrics however hugh cornwall finally Uh, admitted that there was a drug reference in 2001 when he said the song is about heroin but it's mainly also about a girl and who the girl was the uh cornwall's mediterranean girlfriend at the time and it was kind of an acknowledgement to kind of her skin tone and playing and they didn't want to kind of acknowledge that it was about drugs not for fear of the repercussions of it but because they didn't want the song reduced merely to a drug song they wanted that kind of extra element to it that. You know, appreciate it for a song not just what the lyrics are and also that it was about his girlfriend at the time and the song originated when the keyboardist dave greenfield experimented with a musical passage and while greenfield was kind of perfecting the synthesizer and harpsichord backing texture hugh cornwall wrote 10 minutes worth of lyrics and he then cut them down to fit the song and when the song was released, no one thought of it more than just an album track. It was one of those ones that, yeah, it's a good song, but it's not going to be a single. However, radio stations in England started playing the song and it kind of took off. And drummer Jack Black had always thought of it as a hit song. He really pushed for its release as a single. And then it ended up becoming the biggest, their biggest hit and one of the most popular songs amongst their fans. And the Strangler's bass guitarist said in an interview that they were kind of, As a band, they were written off at this point. There was a new record company at the time that had taken them over because they'd swallowed up their previous record company and punk was kind of over. As a band, they didn't really have a direction to go in. But they were forced to kind of release this record, which was called, I think, La Folly, which translates to like madness or something. And they said it didn't sound like The Stranglers at all and you couldn't dance to it and it received loads of criticism. They released it before Christmas, thinking the album would just kind of die its own death but actually it kind of developed its own legs and picked up and actually won an Ivan Novello Award that year. And this song's quite unique because it features this 60s-type 60s kind of harpsichord riff with this really unusual time signature. So the intro and the sections of the song that kind of uh, reflect on the intro sound like um, a kind of three bars of like a 3-4 rhythm and then one of a 4-4 and then the rest of it is a 3-4 again like a waltz. So they kind of play around with the time the time signature on the song which creates this really unique sound and rhythm which I think is one of the reasons it got such a unique sound and success. Um, but this is the last song of today's show so thank you for listening and if you enjoyed listening tune in again next week at 11am and follow the Instagram at isleshizzle.com Or Izzles.shizzle, if you would like to find links to the on demand shows and any other information. This is Golden Brown by The Stranglers. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio Podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.